0: a healer, even in Colossians chapter number one, beginning with verse number 21, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Man, that'll make you want to throw the mic down and run. He said, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If, there's that word, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Wherefore, I, Paul, am made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore, I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which had been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereinto I also labor striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Amen. I, for the last couple of weeks, have been praying about preaching some messages along the area of discipleship. There are some, I feel like every so often, especially when God begins to save people, that you have to rewind sometimes and go back and and disciple some that are new, some that are babes in Christ. And I don't think any of us have walked with God so long that we don't need refreshing, you know, to be rehearsed in our mind discipleship, what it what it is to walk with Jesus. Now, I want to preach along those lines tonight, Christianity and you. That's what I want to title our message tonight, Christianity and you. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Speak to our heart by your word and through your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's here. I <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for allowing Brother Donnie to be with us tonight. I believe in you, Lord, to not only heal him completely in his body, but to give their church a revival. Lord God, to work for them like I pray you work for us. Move upon our heart tonight. You know every need before we pray and before we ask. You're able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that I can ask or even think according to the power that works in me. Work in me tonight, oh God. Draw us closer to Jesus. Make us more like Him. Lord, whatever hinders us from growing in Christ, I pray that it be repented of. I pray it be exposed by the light of Your Word. It be washed away, O oh God, by the water of the Word. O oh God, the flood of Your Spirit would overflow in our hearts and lives, and men would see Jesus in us. Grant it, O oh God. Save the lost. Heal the sick. Fill the believer. Draw us all closer. Make us more like him. We ask it in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? amen? Man is by his nature, that is, his human nature or fallen nature or carnal nature, however you want to put it. In Ephesians 2 and 1 says that we are dead in trespass, and in sin. That is, of course, before we were born again. And therefore, the natural man or the carnal man or the unregenerate man is devoid of that divine element, that divine life that makes him recognizable to God or, to term it better, that makes him alive. To God, God's answer to this deficiency of life is Christ. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. If we abide in Christ, we're alive in God. But if we don't, Jesus said we are like a branch that has been severed from the vine And we wither and we die and are good for nothing but to be burned. Amen. We want to look tonight at Christianity, this life in Christ. That's what Christianity is. What somebody could ask you, what does it mean to be a Christian, to be alive, is what it means to be a Christian. Somebody say, well, I'm alive. And then that opens the door to say, are you? The Bible says you're dead. In trespass and in sin, if you're not in Christ. I like conversation starters that open doors for witnessing. I do. And the Bible teaches us that if we abide in Him, then we have eternal life. I want to talk about three things tonight when we talk about Christianity or life in Christ. Number one, the majesty. Of this life in Christ. Number two. The mystery. Of this life in Christ. And last. And my favorite part. The ministry. Of this life. In Jesus Christ. Uh, in reading. Studying for this message. Uh, I read where a Captain. Reginald Wallace. Years ago. Was saved. And began preaching. Preaching. And in evangelistic crusades, revival services, he would often ask people to spell the word Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. And then he would say, take the letter A out of the word Christian and put it in the front. And it, I, I did. I spelled it out on a piece of paper. You Take the A out and put it in the front. It's A and then Christ in. That's what being a Christian is. That was by his definition. A man or a woman that has Christ in them. That's what it means to be a Christian. The Bible teaches us. That the only way to be alive in God is for Christ to live in us. Let's look first at this majesty. The majesty of this life in Christ. Christ, in in chapter 1, I want to go up a few verses. In verse 15, he said, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? He's talking about Christ. Christ who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Here's a statement which declares all that God represents was embodied in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when you see me, you have seen my Father. When you see me, you have seen God walking around in the flesh. That that was such an indictment to the Pharisees, to the Sanhedrin, the religious council of his day, men that studied the law, men that uh, spent most of their time in the synagogue, men that claimed to represent God and were students of the scribes, lawyers, students of the Word of God. Can you imagine the embodiment of God wrapped up in flesh, looking them eyeball to eyeball, talking to them, working miracles in front of them, and they could not recognize God. But the Bible says that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. You know what that means? If the image of the invisible God embodied, that was Christ, lives in me, then my life ought to reflect the image of God. Do men see God in your life? They should if you're a Christian. If he lives in you, your life should bear his image. You know, just small parts of our parents, and even our grandparents are in us through what, you know, Scientists, biologists teach us DNA. It's in your bloodstream. It's in your makeup. Uh, you you let a child grow and they take on features to look like their mom or look like their dad. Maybe they look like their grandparents. And you you the older they get, the more they look like them. they begin. If they're raised by their parents, they begin to take on the nature. Maybe I, I told people Caleb didn't stand a chance. He was born to be slow. Take, take on my my nature. He's never been a, a big talker, neither was I. He's always kind of bashful and shy and quiet. So is he. And, and you see, you know, the, the nature of, of that parent come out in the child, or maybe the grandparents' nature come out in the child. How much more should it be that way with our Heavenly Father? Some Somewhere as I walk and live and have my being in Him, as I grow up in stature as what the writer in our text tonight says, as I am perfected or matured in Christ, I should look more and more like the image of God. Woo! Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I, the, 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 the longer I walk with Him and the more I am filled with Him, more I take on his nature and his character. I should look like him. I should walk like him. I should talk like him. I should live like him. I should act like him. That's what being a Christian really means. I know we kind of put a label on it. What is a Christian? Well, it's somebody that believes in Jesus. Well, the devil believes and trembles. He's not a Christian. It's somebody that Christ lives in them. They take on his image. He, He is the image of the invisible God. You look at, talk about his image. He is the radiance of the glory of God. In the passage that we read tonight, It speaks of Christ shining out of us, the outshining of God in our life under the world. They should be able to see Christ. We see him in our text tonight, number one, by his creative life. Verses 16 and 17 prior to our text tonight said, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. By him were all things created, it said, and by him all things consist or are held together. You know, the Bible said that all things, everything in this universe is held together by the word of his power. You know what keeps this universe from spinning out of control? The word of God's power. God said and it was. There's an order. There's a government. There's a structure to this very universe. And and, and the Bible teaches that if God hadn't have have said it, commanded, and and ordered this universe what to do, it would come apart. It would come unglued. It would come unseen. It would would not, there would be no structure. You look at just our galaxy, and, and scientists have discovered thousands of other galaxies throughout the vastness of the universe but just our galaxy the Milky Way the Sun and then each planet rotating around that Sun they say that our galaxy can only exist as it's held together orbiting around the Sun if it if that was take, If you take the sun out of the equation, it would spin out of control. But the Bible said that God commanded the sun to shine in the day and the moon to give its light by night. He commanded the stars to shine. He commanded how many hours in a day. All things were created by Him. And by him all things consist. John tells us in his gospel, in John chapter 1, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. The countless constellations of the universe were brought into being by the creative act of the Son of God. What's more, everything is being held together or consists by the same outgoing of that divine power of the Son of God. Only in recent years have scientists realized that everything that holds together must have an integrating point. Like the sun holds our galaxy in place. And they've looked in other galaxies. And there's some point of gravity, there's some point that holds everything else. By Him all things consist. Do you know what the universe is teaching us? That there is a point of structure. There is a point of being that holds my life together. By Him all things consist in my life. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. And if you take Christ out of my life, my life will spin out of control in a hurry. I can't make it without Him. He keeps me on track. He governs my life. He, he, he keeps me in order. Without Him, my life would be utter chaos. I like this in the biblical illustrator. It said... An American cutlery manufacturer wrote this. They said it takes a girl. He, the, the man that owned this factory was a Christian. He said it takes a girl in our factory two days to learn to put the 17 parts of a meat chopper together. He said it may be that these millions of, of stars, millions of planets, all balanced so wonderfully in space. It may be that all of that just happened. It may be by millions of years of tumbling and spinning and turning, they all finally arranged themselves in the right order and found their right place. He went on to say, I don't know. He said, I'm, I'm just a plain old businessman. I run a factory. We make cutlery. He said, but I do know this. You can take those 17 parts that make up our meat chopper. You can spin them around in a wash tub for 17 million years. And when you get through spinning them around... It will never be a meat chopper when it gets through spinning. It had to come about by intelligent design. Somebody had to put their hands on it and put the parts together and make it. And he said that is the creative power and ability of our Christ. When you see somebody that their life is together, they used to couldn't hold their tongue. David Asked the Lord, he said, Lord, bridle my tongue whilst I am before the wicked. The Bible said a man that have no control over his own spirit is like a city that don't have any walls. The devil just comes in and out and just moves them and shakes them up and stirs them up and sets them in a frenzy any time he wants. A man that has Christ in the center of his heart and life. The Bible said the angels of the Lord are encamped round about him. Lest at any time he would dash his foot against a stone. Woo! Hallelujah to God. Jesus goes before me. Brother Donnie's pastor that he got saved under. He said we can't lose. He said Jesus Is leading us. Going before us as a good shepherd. He said goodness and mercy is following behind us. Angels are encamped all round about us. uh, And the Holy Ghost is in us. We're victorious. I like it. You take him out of the equation. You you see a man whose life is, is in order. It's been held together. That didn't just happen by chance. Amen. It's. It's the work of God. It's orchestrated by God. You see it in His creative power and what He does in the universe, He's doing in me. He is the Prince of Peace. Peace doesn't come when all of my circumstances. Fall into the allotted place and all the stars lined up and it just created peace. No, peace comes when Christ uh, speaks to me. Peace, uh, be still. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Is it all right to shout on Wednesday night? I hope it is. Amen. We see it not only in His creative. Life, But also in his redemptive life. Went on to say in verses 18 and verse number 20. He is the head of the body. The church. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. God not only demonstrated the majesty of his son in the realm of creation. But also in the realm of redemption. This is the story of the gospel. And what a story it is. Amen. We think about what redemption means, where it all begun, how it begun. It's a miracle from start to finish. The story of redemption is miraculous. It took a miracle. It took a miracle to save you. Don't ever neglect or, 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 or slight the miracle of redemption. You see a sinner get saved, you have witnessed a miracle. A sinner turned into a saint. Years of sin and degradation and debauchery gone. A, 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 A foul, carnal, corrupt, evil, and wicked mind made right. Somebody that had no peace is now flooded with peace. Somebody that, uh, I mean, you couldn't give them joy if they—if you gave them a million dollars. I would say if they won the lottery, but I don't want you to go out and try to play the lottery. Amen. You, you couldn't give them joy if you gave them a million dollars. I've seen a lot of people had all the money they could ever want. They're still miserable. Amen. Listen, joy comes... Through Christ. It's a miracle. A miracle that took place. Listen. Even the very conception of Christ. Born of a virgin. Miracle. Amen. Born of a virgin. A miracle. Kept by the power of God. Through all of that. It just just her laying claim to the witness that I am with child could have gotten her stoned to death. A miracle. Joseph, in love with her, chooses not to have her stoned, not to make a public spectacle of her, but to put her away privately. And then the Lord comes to him in a vision and said, don't put her away, don't divorce her, but take her to be your wife. For that holy thing on the inside of her is the Son of God. And then Joseph takes her to wife. They both could have been stoned to death being accused of having a relationship before their wedding vows. When he's born, he's kept miraculously. Joseph being warned in a dream to take him to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill him. He is Kept alive. Do you know, you and I, the Bible said, are being kept by the power of God until the day that Christ calls us home. Amen. I'm being kept tonight by the power of God. Brother Clendenin used to always say, a man or a woman of God is immortal until God is finished with them. Meaning hell can't stop you. Hell can't kill you. The thief has come to Steal to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. This whole life is a miracle. Amen. He's described this passage as the head of a new body, which is the church. This process is going on even right now tonight in this church every time. Somebody's born again every hour somewhere around the world. A man, a woman, a young person is added to the body of Jesus Christ. The majesty of his redemptive power and life is being put on display around the earth. Jesus is still a savior. This body is still growing. The body of Christ is not dead. It is not inanimate. It is not shrinking, shriveling dying, but rather it is alive, it is vibrant, it is healthy, it is growing. A healthy body is a strong body, a powerful body, and it is a reproductive body. Hallelujah. We look secondly, not only at the uh, at the mystery. Of his redemption. But let's look at the mystery of this life in Christ. This mystery. He said in verse 27. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. In ancient times a mystery. Referred to a secret. That was only revealed to a select. Group. Or a select body. In our text. It means something which cannot be understood. By human reason. Without the. Discernment of the Spirit. This book is spiritually discerned. It's written to the born again. The Bible is written to the born again. You don't study the Bible like you study an encyclopedia. You can't understand it in human reason. Only born again eyes can see truth. Only born again ears can hear truth. Only a born-again heart can the Word of God fall on good ground and it produce fruit in their life. Hallelujah to God. You can't produce a Christian. It is a miracle of the new birth. He's got to be born again. And when He is, God cultivates that heart. And when the gospel seed is sown in that heart, the Holy Ghost rains on it. And God gives increase. That is the mystery of this life in Christ. It is a mystery. You, you, you see a person that the last year my Lord their life was a mess it was in shamble it was in ruin it was uh, filled with sin and you look at them a year later you don't recognize them they look like they've been saved their whole life look like they've been in Pentecost uh, like they're a third generation when they're, when they're the first generation just years removed from sin and degradation uh, no deacons in that bloodline uh, no Sunday school teachers in that bloodline the miracle of redemption the mystery of this life uh, in Christ Jesus. I love it. I love it. You see the miracle of his incoming. Christ uh, in you. The coming of Christ into the human heart is one of the great miracles uh, in all of the Bible. The Bible speaks of it as conversion, a new birth or transformation. To argue that because a person has been brought up in a Christian home or in a Christian country or has been connected to a Christian church, that that makes him or her a Christian is false. God has no grandchildren, only sons and daughters. You must be born again. You don't get to go to heaven because mama and daddy is going. You don't get to go to heaven because you have a Christian pedigree. My grandpa was a preacher. I had to be born again. Amen. A Christian is one who has Christ dwelling in them. That involves a definite act of the mind, the heart, and the will. Perfect picture that's Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door. And knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. That's a perfect picture of salvation, how it works. It has to be a definite act of the mind, the heart, and the will. Behold, I stand. That's an appeal to the faculty of the mind. Behold, I stand. You've got to picture Christ standing at the door of your heart. You've got to picture Christ on the outside wanting to get in. He then said, If any man hear my voice, appeals to the faculty of the heart. Those words appeal to my emotions. Sullivan, let me in. What is he doing? He's talking to me. What? 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 what, When I hear something, it stirs my emotions. If you don't believe that, you you tell a person to close their eyes and let somebody call their voice, and they. Know that voice. If it's somebody they love or has been gone for a while, they miss, their eyes are going to come open, tears are going to stream, they're going to look around, they're going to want to run to them. It stirs the emotions when you hear the gospel preached. If any man hears my voice, Christ uses His Word, His words to stir our heart. Your mind, your heart. And Then He said, he said, I will open, or, and will open the door. I will come in. Your mind, you picture him on the outside. You hear his words. It stirs your heart. And then your will, after you hear his word, you got to get up. you got to move. You've got to extend your hand, open a door, and invite Him in. That's what salvation involves. That's the miracle of His incoming. Then you see the measure of His indwelling Christ in you. The title of Christ implies Messiah. And as Messiah, He's the anointed prophet, priest, and king. For Christ to be a reality in your life or in mine. He must be heard as a prophet, an undisputed prophet. Christ is Lord. His word trumps mine. His word trumps my opinion. His word trumps my will, my want. His will, not mine. He must be heeded as the undisputed priest in our life. The priest was the minister. His word was a word of not not more than just a, a ministering word. His word was the law of the land. It was to be obeyed. He must not only be prophet, But he also must be priest. And then he must be honored also as the undisputed king in our life. There's no other message that matters like this message. No other sacrifice avails like Christ's atoning work on the cross. No other authority that's recognized but that of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I've said, I've said it often, I'll obey the laws of the land. Whoever the president is, he, it was almost she, may be my president, but Christ is still my king. He governs and lords my heart and my life. No matter what the law of the land is, Peter told the, the, the law, and the magistrate, his day, whether you think it's right to obey man or to obey God, we cannot help but to do the things that we have seen and heard of Christ. That's a Christian. Last, the ministry of this life in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. We may present every man perfect in Christ. That's verses 27, 28 in our text tonight. Christ indwelling has a redemptive purpose. God indwells us by the power of the Son of God, in order that He might glorify, He might be glorified through the Son of God in our life. That's God's purpose in our life. Fill us with Jesus that he might be glorified through his Son. Amen. That he might be glorified through his Son. And the Holy Ghost comes to glorify the Son in our life. Listen, the world must be reached through us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The only hope for this world is Christ in you. How many times did I hear Brother and always say to us as preachers, We have the answer. But more than that, we are the answer. Let the church rise up. Let the church pray. Let the church be filled with power. And let the church go forth in that power and preach the redemptive message of the gospel. And the gospel works anywhere. To anybody, the gospel works. It works in a prison. It works in a rehab. It works on the street corner. It will work in a schoolhouse. It will work in a courthouse. It will work in the white house. Uh, and it will work in your house. Uh, if you let it, the gospel. Amen. Amen. We have a sense through the gospel that He has no eyes but our eyes to look through. No lips but our lips to speak through. No hands but our hands to work through. No feet but our feet to walk through. No hearts but our hearts to love through. Paul said it pleased God. He might reveal his son through me that I might preach him to the heathen. He said for me to live is Christ, or for me to live is for Christ to live. Somebody said, if God wants them to be saved, He'll save them. That's a lie. I, God is sovereign. God can do anything He wants to do. But in His sovereignty, He has limited His almighty power. God said, I am the head, Christ. I, the Christ is the head and the church is the body. You've never seen a head bounce down the street that it wasn't sitting on a set of shoulders that was attached to arms and hands. I'm talking about a normal body anyway. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or even think so you know a body that's without arms and hands or legs and feet we would call that disabled you never read in your bible where god's been disabled god is able how is he able he's got arms he's got hands he's got legs he's got feet uh, he's got eyes ears a mouth uh, he, he's able to, through the body the church God, in his sovereignty, yes, he can do anything. Yes, he's the savior. Yes, he's the healer. But he said, in my name, lay your hands on them. Then I'll heal them. Pray for them that they might be healed. If you don't do that, they won't be healed. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. If you fail to tell them, they won't be saved. And their blood will be upon our hands. That's what the Bible teaches. I, listen, I, I meet a lot of people. A lot of people. They don't have to tell me what denomination they are, what religion they are. If I get to witness into them, hey, hey. God is good, and God is sovereign. You ever had anybody answer you that way? You know what they're saying? They believe in predestination, Calvinism. God in His sovereignty has predestined people to be saved or predestined people to be lost. All that's up to God. Whoever's going to be saved, they're going to be saved no matter what I do. Whoever's gonna be lost are gonna be lost no matter what I do. i just give them to God. I got a problem if my boy's an alcoholic, if my boy's a drug addict, if my boy's in the streets living like the devil, if my boy's in jail and I'm not in a prayer meeting praying and crying and calling on the name of Jesus. I just gave him to God years ago. He's God's. If God's gonna save him, he's gonna go to hell. God is sovereign, but He put His Spirit in you. My God, to weep and to cry and to pray. He put His Spirit in you to preach the gospel, to be a witness, to live an example. Christ in you. That's the hope of the world. It's the only way the world will see Christ. It's the only way the world will hear Christ. It's the only way the world will feel Christ. I can tell you it's the will of God for not one man or one woman to perish. But if you come in here Sunday morning, lukewarm, cold in your spirit, don't raise your hands, don't clap your hands, don't lift your voice, don't do anything. There could be a hundred sinners in here and they're going to leave this church and they're going to say, God is dead. I've been to church. I've been to church after church after church and I can't find him. He's not real. He's not there do you know that's the opinion of the world because the church was not the hope that's not the plan of God Christ in you hope of glory Christianity in you somebody come help me tonight we'll close we've seen what we mean by Christianity we've seen how we must be involved Nothing less than this outflowing as a result of this indwelling. I know we pray, and I pray it all the time. Feel me, feel me, feel me. Feel me, feel me, feel me. I've often made fun of myself. I, I, nobody in here just me. I, I've gotten here lately. If you've been to the last two prayer meetings, I've told the Lord, Lord, I read that verse a few weeks ago. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and He said, Here lately, God can hear you. You don't have to pray. You can pray in your heart, you can pray just in your mind and God can hear you. You don't have to open your mouth, but God has been saying to me lately, I want you to cry into me with your voice. I I want your voice to ripple through the universe. I want it to echo past the sun and the moon and the stars. I want to hear Solomon's voice. Talk to me. So the last two prayer meetings, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to disturb other people. I've been in prayer meetings before. I couldn't even pray from my own knees because all I could hear was what they was praying about. And I, be- I, you know, muffled a little bit, praying out loud, talking to God. I, God, it's me. Hear my voice. I'm crying to you. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me. Out of His Holy, name. I want to let Him hear me. I, I, I want what's in me to flow out of me. I, I, I've been putting an emphasis on. You, you come coming here and hear me pray out loud. I make fun of myself. Fill us, Lord. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. I laughed at one preacher I said they come in heard me praying they'd say Lord whoever Phyllis is she needs God she needs help Lord touch Phyllis because I pray for her all the time Phyllis Lord Phyllis Phyllis here lately the Lord's been saying to me I have filled you I have filled you I have filled you I want to pour you out what I put in you around that altar I want to pour it in those streets he might want to pour it out down one of the aisles in Walmart he might want to pour it out when you're standing in line at Popeye's Chicken he might want to pour it out in the classroom when you're in there and a teacher's going through a midnight crisis in their life might want to pour it out on that job site when your co-worker Don't know where else to turn or what else to do. God wants to pour you out. It's Christ in you. They need to know you're a Christian. They need to know He lives in you. They need to know He's the answer. He's their hope. He's alive and well. Hallelujah to God. Let's stand all over this house tonight. Father, we worship You.